0: Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the JTandthedon or email them at JTandthedon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys.
1: Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen and find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the awesome introduction and to our guy, Mike Regina, with the bomb music. So we have another loaded schedule on tap so let's not delay any further so let me welcome in everyone's favorite jt jimmy thompson how are you feeling today
0: why are you using this 1990s terminology the bomb really that's what that's, that's <laughs> I the vibe think, we're going for in that, this show that,
1: that's the vibe i i couldn't think of anything better i wanted to switch up you know what i normally say so i would but, rather you just be silent well you, you always want me silent but that's because you lose to me every episode. Uh
0: that's debatable and
1: probably 98%
0: untrue. But here we are. But that's uh that
1: 2%. That that can be true.
0: 2% chance. I get I get it. I get it. You you live in and dying by the by the margins. So I mean, speaking of you shutting up, that's not gonna happen today. So mainly because we're talking about the NBA. So we're gonna preview that today before we get into the NFL. But First team on the docket is a team that i think you're very high on and i know for sure that you're gonna annoy me in this so uh, so let's get it started so nba got underway uh tuesday night and it was as we expected uh it's gonna be another exciting unpredictable season with you know a bunch of young talented players horse load management and everything that we look for in a lot of scoring so We'll answer some of the more important questions, uh in our opinion, entering the season, so we'll make some predictions and things like that. But let's talk about teams first, in particular, the L.A. Clippers. Now, the Clippers have disappointed the past two seasons since they acquired uh Kawhi and PG, but it seems like this season could be the year everything comes together. Don, are the Clippers a big-time title contender this year?
1: Yeah, of course they are. I mean, they've got – you just said it. They've got guys coming back in particular. And most importantly, Paul George. All right. And Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they have built their whole franchise around these guys. And I think it's finally their turn to shine. Um, so absolutely. Plus you add possibly they have one of the best coaches in the NBA, Tyron Lue. On top of that, and I've told you this before, I like their depth. I like their role players. So their role players that start, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, they're going to do those little things, play defense, rebounds, take charges. Then you have that bench, which, again, another injury-prone guy in John Wall, but I still think he can play. Then you've got Norm Powell and Robert Covington, who are starters on other teams. Now they're coming off the bench. So on a night like um, tonight, we're recording on Thursday, Kawhi Leonard's coming off the bench. All right. Because Tyron Lue says he wants to make sure he has him at the end of the game. So he has him. Is, is that
0: confirmed that he really is coming off the bench and not yes. being a starter? Because I heard, I he, saw that rumor earlier. in the day. I was like, is this is. this is stupid? Is it untrue? Is it one
1: of these things nope. like, you it know, my, you
0: know, I hate this about the NBA. Like they always mess yeah. around with the lineups for no reason. So but, like he's really coming off the bench.
1: It's confirmed. ESPN, you go on Twitter, it's confirmed. So it's confirmed it's,
0: and he's out of shape.
1: <laughs> there, there's no reason to bring him off the bench. But but well, it's his first game back from that injury, though, right? Like they want to just work him in gradually because then it messes up the rotation if he starts. So, you know, it's nice to be able to throw a guy like Norm Powell in on a night like you know, they're they're facing the Lakers, where now Kawhi can come off the bench and I mean, so you've got PG-13, you've got Kawhi, Tyron Lue, you have depth, you have role players that are going to be unselfish, and Kawhi brings that experience, I think at the end of the season, he's going to put them on their back in the playoffs, I think they've given him so much time to heal that I don't believe the injury is going to be a factor, meaning his ace, torn ACL from a couple years ago, I don't think that's going to have any factor in terms of how he plays. Maybe load management-wise, but they were going to do that, you know, regardless of whether he was hurt or not. So I think they're absolutely – I don't even think there should be a question. Of course they're legit title contenders.
0: Yeah, I think he was going to load manage anyway. He could have been healthy for two straight years. They're going to mm-hmm. load manage him. ACL does worry me a little bit but with Kawhi just because I'm just saying this as a guy from the outside looking at it I do not know. I just don't know if he's, like, the hardest worker, like, when it comes to, you know, coming back from injury – Like, that's always been the knock on him is, like, he's talented, but, like, how hard does he work to get back? Um, That's the only thing I worry about with him. And, you know, ACL, I always say, like, in basketball, they should be, like, two years before they get back to normal. Big-time title contenders? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, because they have, for all the reasons you said, it's PG, it's Kawhi. And if those guys are anywhere near, you know, 90% health, then they got a real legit chance because – They put a good team around them. You love the Morris twins, both of them. Um, I do love Bob Covington. I think he's a valuable piece where, you know, he can play good defense and he can do other things. Powell's a great six man. And if those guys miss nights, Powell can, you know, score same thing with Reggie Jackson too. Like I think if, you know, Kawhi or um, PG goes down for an extended period of time, like Reggie Jackson has shown, like he can be a number one or two option, you know, for a little bit. And then Ty Lue, like I, I like him. I'm not, sold on like how he like starts out coaching with like rotations and things like that, but he's great at making adjustments. I definitely think he's a top 10 coach in the league. So yeah, they could be and and you know, the West has proven not to be as strong as the East. So there you go right there. So, I mean, we could be looking at top three C in the West. And I mean, if you're in the top three of a conference, then yeah, you're a legit title contender.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they can, I think they can easily be top three. Top three team. So, sticking in the NBA, the Cavs and the Timberwolves, (laughs) who would have thought we'd be talking about these two teams, uh, each made blockbuster trades this offseason with the Utah Jazz. The Cavs acquired Donovan Mitchell, and the Timberwolves acquired Rudy Gobert. With that now, there are high expectations for both teams. So, JT, which team is more likely to disappoint.
0: I think it's going to be the Cavs, and for a couple of reasons. One, they're in the East. <laughs> the East is loaded. <laughs> was, we'll, we'll get to that at some point. I mean, like, where do they finish? Like, I can't in good conscience put them ahead of teams like the Bucks, the Sixers, the Nets, the Celtics, the Heat. Um, I, can't, I I don't know if they're really that much better than Atlanta with the improvements that they've made. And then, you know, we forget about teams like Toronto where they're just like the Spurs where, like, they're always around. And, then, and if things, they stay healthy and look out, then, you know, they could easily be in that top five. And I'm like, where can I safely say that Cleveland is above, you know, two or three of those teams? And I can't. So I think they're the one that's like, disappoints because I think people are paying attention to their additions more, mainly Donovan Mitchell, but also they have a lot of hype coming back from last year. I mean, it's a great young team. You got Garland, who had a breakout year, Mobley, who people are saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer now after one year, then your guy, Jared Allen, who is like the reason the Nets aren't good. So you got those guys, and then you throw in Donovan Mitchell, like, yeah, the hype is on them. Like, Minnesota just added Rudy Gobert, who people really don't think that highly of, even though I disagree with them. But, yeah, the pressure's all on Cleveland. But, like, where does – this 60 win season come from like I just don't see it like the east is too tough Garland's already hurt <laughs> and you know how I feel about Donovan Mitchell like he's a volume scorer who doesn't really play defense and I feel like him and Garland how does that work like they cut into each other's usage like is it a good fit and then Mobley and Jared Allen like how do they work together like without one capping the other so that that's really what I worry about about them playing in the east and then like is the team a good fit for each other so naturally i think they're going to be the ones to disappoint
1: well i mean you're you're painting like a you know a gloomy situation there i mean it's not that bad because the shit's going to be gloomy that's what i'm saying uh first off mobley's my guy i drafted him in fantasy he's got to be my guy he's gotta he's gotta fulfill the expectations all right Um, You you need you need Mobley to be the guy
0: because you took Tyrese Halliburton at number six. Now I'm not saying it's a bad pick, but don't go putting all these unrealistic expectations on Mobley because Halliburton's number six in the draft.
1: Listen, first, that's a cheap shot. All right, calling no, uh, no, it's not. In letting the public know who I drafted in the first round, because I've already said. I mean, it is public record. They could just uh, go look. It's a public league. I've already said that it was probably a mistake, right? I didn't want to lose Halliburton. I think he come back around in the second uh, round. All right? You didn't need to put me on blast like that. But I'll remember that. Don't you worry. I-, I will remember that. All right? I hate to agree with you again or for us to agree on a second question right off the bat, but I do got to agree with you in that I do think the Cavs are more likely to disappoint than the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves will have – really good success uh, this season or high, a high success this season. But what concerns me outside of what you said, there's two other things is the depth of the team. You know, I mean, I just went through the depth of the Clippers. Now we go to the depth of the Cavs. And when you've got Raul Nato backing up really both the point guard and shooting guard position in Garland and um, Donovan Mitchell. That's probably not where you want to be. And then you only got C.D. Osman and an older Kevin Love. Kevin Love's still playing good basketball, but he's not the Kevin Love of before, of far four, five, six years ago. So yeah, you,
0: you can't. You're not going to depend on him for like thirty minute nights,
1: right? So now that Garland is injured, he'll probably at least miss one game. It doesn't look like anything serious. No structural damage to the eye, which which thankfully. You know, that's that's good news. But where is that scoring? Where is that playmaking outside of Donovan Mitchell now? Yeah, that's great they got Donovan Mitchell. He'll, he'll clean up some of that, but you still got to have that fifth guy on the court. So I don't know where the depth, where their depth is, because I don't think they have that great depth compared to other teams. And then, and I've told you this before, who's their prime defender? They're playing... Listen, the NBA there's a lot of one-on-one. And in the NBA, you got to have at least one prime defender. I don't think the Cavs have that in terms of being able to guard a Giannis, a Harden, a Tatum. Like those guys are all in the East, a Kevin Durant, a Kyrie Irving, like they're all in the East. Who's going to shut those guys down or at least contain them when the games on the line or come the playoffs? So I think for those two reasons, I'm picking the Cavs as well. Um, In addition to to what you mentioned, I think
0: the answer to your question, like who's going to guard Giannis, KD, Kyrie, like nobody, like nobody can guard those guys. But but I get I get get, get what you're saying. Like I feel like the real issue with with the defense is. Really what you're saying is the Cavs have excellent rim protectors, but they don't have good wing defenders. Like, nobody – like, Karis Laverse is not going to step out on the wing and guard Jason Tatum for, for, for a full game. Like, he's going to get torched. Like, I right. like I don't – yeah, I don't see – I don't see Evan Mobley, like, locking up Giannis. Like, I agree with you on that. And that's why I don't think the Timberwolves were disappointed is because they went and got a real defensive player of the year type of guy go Gobert – when they already had other guys that can do what you're describing, like they have good wing defenders, like, like they have good young athletic guys like on the perimeter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think that's why the Timberwolves will probably be a little bit less disappointing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the Timberwolves are going to be very good. I've told you, I think they're a top four team at the end of the day in the West. And you look at the Cavs now that Garland's out, I forgot about Karis Levert, but again, he's a starter, right? Like, He's not coming off the bench. So now you look at their first game, Osman and Wade coming off the bench. Osman had a good game, 17 points, but you've got Wade and Kevin Love playing about 21, 22 minutes, only scoring eight points. Okoro, Isaac Okoro, zero points in 12 minutes. That that's what worries me. That
0: sounds like an Okoro stat line to be exactly. And,
1: and Neto only played six minutes, even though Garland was out. So it's like I just I don't know and, and again I think the Timberwolves are going to be very good watch out I think they I think they're going to end up being better than the Grizzlies this year Ooh, that's that's, that's high praise nice. we'll see it is all right so real quick who will have the bigger impact for their team of those two Utah Jazz players that were traded Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert
0: well I mean out the gate probably donovan mitchell just because darius garland's already hurt so like here comes here, incoming donovan mitchell volume scoring um but i think he loves long, it, it. no nah, i feel like long term it's gonna be rudy gobert just because you know how i feel about donovan mitchell but rudy gobert is legit defensive player of the year material like he could have easily won it last year could have won it the year before you know what i mean so you put a guy like that in a team where i feel like the only thing that was missing from them was actual like real defenders like they can they can make an impact at like that all-star level. So you put cat Ant, a healthy D'Angelo Russell, and I like the the um the Timberwolves bench too. Like they got depth over there, you know, like Tony and Prince, Jay Novell. Like you know, there's there's a whole bunch of guys off that bench that can do a lot of things Like, McLaughlin, who I know you like. So you throw Rudy Gobert in there, like I think he's gonna do exactly what he did in Utah, like 16. 16 points lead the league in rebounds probably be tops in blocks and like he's going to raise their like defensive rating by by ridiculous amounts and if you're putting a guy like that in an offensive team like the timberwolves who you have obviously have high hopes for then yeah like i gotta think he makes the makes them like that much better and he's going to be the one that has the bigger impact like you can't just dr- say like oh i'm dropping the defensive player of the year candidate and he's not going to have a bigger impact like it's him
1: Yeah, I think he's going to have more of an impact both ways. You said it on defense, but then also I think they're just going to win more and it's going to look like he's had a bigger impact. I mean, they basically have almost the same team they had last year. Now they've added defensive player of the year in the past and a guy who can still score. I mean, I would have said this even before what they did in the first game, but JT had 23 points, 16 rebounds. Now, granted, Kat's numbers weren't as great, but look, I'm trying to buy as much stock in all of those Minnesota Timberwolves players, and I got none of them in the fantasy draft. To be, I would be honest
0: won- with you, if, if there is one the one drawback to the Rudy Gobert thing, is I do think Cat is going to be the one that takes a step back. Sure. It's because he's they're going to have to have him further away from the basket sure. more often. Of so course. like he I, I think he'll struggle like fantasy-wise, but I gotta see like what it looks like in real life. Like, cause if they're right. winning games and like let's just say, like, he scores maybe like four points less and like one or two less rebounds. Like he's still going to put up good stats. Like I just think he had right. an off night the other night, but like, I do think if any player is going to take a step back because of Gobert it's going to be him.
1: Right. And I think that was a calculated move by Minnesota. Maybe they did um, consult with cat knowing it was going to affect him the most. But again, I think cat probably at this point is like, Hey, let's win. We have a chance to win now bringing in a guy like this. And that's why I think he'll have the biggest impact. Not so much stat-wise, it's just defensively protecting the rim. But also, because they're going to win, it's going to look like, wow, he's the reason they got over the hump. So I think that's that's really why he'll have the biggest impact.
0: All right, so we're both in on Bear. I don't like all this agreeing. Now, this I don't think we'll agree on. No, we, we won't.
1: Don't. Let's go. Bring it on. <laughs>
0: So, you know, there's no way we're going to not talk about the Lakers and the Nets. Like, these are the two biggest question marks,
1: if shit shows. Um, There hasn't been an episode in the past year that we haven't talked about the Nets and Kyrie Irving. So, yeah, yeah.
0: So, I mean, you know, that's he's already foreshadowed what we're going to discuss. But we talked about the Clippers. You know, you got to talk about the other L.A. team. And then we also got to talk about the team that has Kyrie Irving on it. So Lakers and Nets. What should realistic expectations be for both of these teams? Let's start with the Lakers because I feel like they're obviously going to be the lower expectations.
1: No, I'm going to bunch these two teams together, and then I'll talk about them individually. Realistic title – realistic expectations is the title. JT, you don't trade for – I'll start with the Lakers. You don't trade for Anthony Davis. You don't sign LeBron. You don't bring in Russell Westbrook. Like, you don't get rid of your young pieces for Anthony Davis without the expectation every season being a title. And I know the question was realistic. Listen, Laker fans are like Yankee fans title or bust. And that's the expectation there. Realistic? I think it is realistic because. They've got to win now with LeBron. They've got to win now with Anthony Davis. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they got to figure it out. And they're going into this season thinking that. And LeBron showed opening night, JT, he still has all the skills, all the tools, all the physical ability, regardless of it, regardless of how many miles he has on his body in terms of playing, they've got to win the title. They their expectation is, especially in LeBron's mind, we got to get to the to the chain. We got to get the NBA finals. And for the next, it's even more convincing that realistic expectations. It's the title. They didn't move KD for this reason. They didn't move Kyrie for this reason reason. And they're all coming back. They traded for Simmons. I mean, their expectation is also the title. And granted, they're in a more difficult conference than the Lakers, but there's no reason that they should not be able to compete in the East and get to the finals. They've got to, they've got to fix their defense. But even with that said, again, if we're talking just expectations, not what our predictions are, not what we think is going to happen or what's really going to happen, expectations, you've got KD still kind of in his prime. He may be out the door after this year. So may Kyrie. You've got to win now. And if you don't think so, then you move them and get pieces because I believe that they think they can't win. That's why they didn't move those guys.
0: all right. So expectations, you're right. It should be championship or both. but we're talking about realistic and clearly, like you're not on you not on a realistic level right now or planet. That's so, really you ask a so Nets, Nets So Nets, fan, so hold Nets,
1: on, hold on. You ask a Laker or Nets fan. You ask management at the Lakers. You ask management or LeBron or KD. They're going to say championship, and they believe it. They honestly believe it. So that's the realistic expectation. All right,
0: all right. I, I get, I get you. The realistic expectation. I agree. For the Nets, should be championship. Like we've been waiting on this next championship. I feel like for like a decade. Like. <laughs> Ever since, ever since KD got there, like it's been championship. Like, we've been waiting on this. We were waiting on this when he couldn't even play with the with the torn Achilles. Like, that's what we expect. As long as him and Kyrie are there, it's always gonna be championship is a realistic expectation. So I'm with you on that. Lakers, come on, it's make the playoffs. They got the worst roster in the league. To show you how bad they are after opening night, LeBron was like, yeah, I it makes sense we're the worst shooting team in the league. Like, we just don't have guys that can shoot. Like, you have a LeBron James team with no shooters. Like, that is an oxymoron. Like, that cannot happen. So, you got Russell Westbrook, who they don't even want him there. I think they should keep him, but it's just it's just more turmoil. It's, it's the Ben Simmons situation, like, not as bad, but light. And you already talked about last season how, like, those kind of issues can, you know, distract the team and basically drag them down. So as long as Russ is on the roster, it's going to be an issue. AD's health. Like, he's already on the injury report is day-to-day. I don't even know what happened to him. Like, he's always day-to-day. Like, LeBron is only getting older. Like, he, I know he's still great, but he can't do this forever. And the guys that they're relying on, the secondary guys, are either not good or they're always hurt. Like, Patrick Beverly might be their fourth best player. Like, you know it's just a countdown until he's not available. So Lakers... Realistic expectations for them are to make the playoffs. Like, forget about the, the title. It's, it's the playoffs. Like, how do we, I'll put it this way. Realistic expectations for them should be how do we not embarrass LeBron in his legacy? Like, that's realistic expectations. So they gotta they, I think their ceiling maybe six seed, but championship, no way. Hmm.
1: I disagree. It's gotta it's be championship you going to have to champions.
0: hang you going to have to hang your lebron jersey up cuz it ain't happening he ain't it ain't, it ain't number 6 no more <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right so we kind of mentioned this earlier we're going to go and give our predictions here so jt i think this is probably our favorite segment all the time so the prediction time let's start with uh, let's go how you like, want to do this yeah, let's work up the chain here. Let, let's work. Let's build some suspense. We can't go right off the bat with like NBA finals and championships. So let's start with, let's go with defensive player of the year.
0: Rudy. Who do you,
1: who do you think wins it?
0: Rudy. He should have won it last year. True. I think I think he's going to play too good. You saw, you saw it in game one. He's going to play too good for them to ignore
1: him twice. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Giannis. I'm going to go with Giannis.
0: That means he's not your mvp pick but I, I like it though Giannis is an excellent defender
1: i think i think he's 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 due one here um sixth man award
0: this was tough because there's so many guys that are injured already where it's like i feel like i don't know who the true six men sixth are man. uh i'm gonna go with jordan pool just because i just i think he's in the best position to actually be a true six man but you know he's going to get starters minutes when they start resting those guys like Steph and Clay, Clay. and back to backs and stuff like that. Or if they get out to such a big lead in the West where it's like, all right, we can sit them for like a bad stretch of games. Like I think Jordan Poole will start to go off. So uh, I see him as the person with the easiest path to the six man award.
1: And that'll probably help, right, if if he's starting and all of a sudden his stats get inflated, but he's, he's seen as a sixth man. Yeah. That, that's a good one. I'm going to go with a guy that is going to make a big impact on a new team and the team is really good. So I'm going to go Malcolm Brogdon. I've been a fan of his since he came into the league. I think, to your definition, he is a true sixth man because Mark is smart right now, is healthy. So – I think he is truly coming off the bench. I think he scored 16 points in the opener, but I love that trade when they made it. during I was, the off-season. I was
0: shocked. He was coming off the bench. That's why I didn't pick him at first. I was like, Oh, well, he, they got to put him in the starting lineup somewhere, but like they're starting Derek white. So I'm like, Oh, I don't know that. I'm not cool with that. Like Brogdon is a good player.
1: Yeah. So I, I but I think this is the reason why they brought Brogdon in. they liked what Derek white did last year. So, I'm going to go with, with Malcolm Brogdon. Maybe you're right. Maybe he eventually becomes a starter. Maybe he doesn't qualify for the award. But for now, I'm going to go with with him. Uh,
0: rookie of the year. I feel it's really unfair to ask this after the first game. So I'm not going to pick that person because Could. I have a feeling that you will. Yes. I'm going to go with a sleeper here. Because, I mean, rookie of the year is kind of usually, you know, it before the season even starts. But... I'm going to take a risk here. I'm going to go with a guy that is playing on a team that I think by the end of the year, he's going to be a starter and they tank. And it's Jalen Williams with the thunder. Like I like him. I think he, he already should be their sixth man, but I think it's really him. And like, let's say like a guy like Lou Dort. Like I think Jalen Williams is better. And I think once you start playing the games and you're like, you know, you know what Lou Dort is like, But they paid him a
1: contract, did they
0: not? But they did, but it's not, like, a big contract to where it's like, oh, we can't put him on the bench and still give him, you know, like, a lot of time. Like, and this is the thunder. Like, you know, by the all-star break, like, they're going to be playing the young guys. So I think Jalen Williams has the talent, and I think he's going to get the opportunity. And I think – I don't think he's, like, a favorite to win it, obviously, but I think don't be surprised if his name's up there
1: by the middle of the year. So two things before I give you mine. One, I know how big of a fan you are of his because you picked him up in fantasy basketball around midnight, all right? So you're making those sneaky acquisitions again. Only
0: because my third pick for for Rookie of the Year was already taken, but that's not that's a different story.
1: Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the other thing to that is, I thought you were going to go with the guy that you drafted in Kessler over at Utah because it kind of fit the description of what you were saying, a team that's rebuilding, tanking, going to be out of the race and he's going to get mega minutes and he had a good opening game don't think i didn't see that jt
0: yeah i know you're, you you can't keep your eyes off my team or my bench like you're, you you just literally just watch my team you don't care about anything else but i mean okay. kessler kessler could be in there too but i know he only really played those minutes because i think um what's his name vanderbilt fouled out so but there's there's potential there too i, yeah. I think jalen williams go. like it's how i feel before i before i let you let you get your answer i think he could be, like, the second or third best player on their team by the time the season ends.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. But at the end of the day, we know the rookie of the year is going to be my guy at the Magic, Paolo Bonquero. So I, I just think they're going to feed him the ball. If he can stay healthy, he's going to play a lot of games. He's going to be the focal point on that team. They're putting some decent pieces around him, but he's, he's going to be, like, he has an NBA body already too, JT. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think he'll be able to compete. He'll be able to get through kind of that that rookie slump at times, and I think it's Paolo Um, Even though I think there's quite a few good rookies, but he's going to be the man.
0: I think he's just going to be his his performances are just going to be so sexy compared to like the other Correct. rookies, True. where it's like he already started off like ridiculous. Yeah. Like he might be the best player on the Magic already. So right. if like. If they if they lose while looking sexy, like he, it's his award. Like that's why I didn't want to pick him because I knew that that's your guy. But yeah, it's it's Paolo.
1: Where's my Paolo Banchero jersey? Did I, did I tried to tell you to get one. You're know. like you're not wearing it.
0: <laughs> Shout out to you for saying his name right. You have you have been calling him Banchero for like what <laughs> forever. Now you call him not. Banchero.
1: I have not. Yeah, you have. I have not. I would not. I would not butcher his name. Come on, man. The Italian right. name too. You should exactly. Do the that's what. I'm that's saying. why. That's how, why I was always can, shocked. I was like, "How I'm, can I get that?" I'm language? listening to you. I was like, wow. "That's how you say so the you, man's name." And then are... I,
0: I, I turn on the TV and it's not close. I was like, "I'm about to pull his Italian card."
1: I never We've said booked. it that way. It's always been Buncaro And on top of that, I can't believe you would just lie like that. You know you are lying. Look at that. You're trying hey, to he, hold this You know. You know there your people is
0: listening to this. Somebody. Some, some of your family members going to be like, "We didn't raise him like that." <laughs>
1: You're you're spreading lies, and you know. Look at you! Look at you laughing. Uh, anyway. yeah, you look legitimately right, I'm worried. Gonna you, I'm gonna put you on a spot here because I'm gonna throw one in here that we didn't put on the list. Then, so you and the production team—I don't care what you say—I'm gonna put mine in here. Coach of the year.
0: Ooh, this is tough. I yeah, um,
1: see, you weren't ready. That's what nah, you're nah, spreading nah. lies. Coach of
0: the year. This is also tied to success. Um, who's the coach of the Timberwolves? I keep forgetting chris finch come on bro that's the coach of the year if they're gonna be as good as you say they are oh, they are yeah he fits he fits the uh, he fits the profile
1: i had him as well but this is the reason why i'm not going with him i think it's gonna be joe missoula because of everything turmoil. yep everything that's going on they're gonna probably be a one maybe two seed, but probably the one seed they're gonna look good and it it's gonna be like huh Look at what this first-year guy did that had, like, three weeks to get ready for the season.
0: Emay 2.0 is just <laughs> as good as e 1.0. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that that's that, that's a really good pick, too. And I feel like you asked it because you was like, I had this in mind. Like, I'm going to get him.
1: Well, the, I also had Chris Finch written down, and I was like, you know what, though? Ah, I, I think Missoula's story is going to just look better. So
0: Yeah, they're going to talk about it. The more they win, they're going to talk about him. Like, he's going to be in, in the press, Correct. like, all year.
1: At all year. So, biggest individual award here, MVP, who you got?
0: I think we might have the same guy, but I don't care. I don't care what happened in game one. Luka Doncic. Like, he will be the MVP. It's time. Like, how many ridiculous statistical seasons does he have to put up before they give him one? And I think what he did last year in the playoffs to the Suns, like, it was a one-man wrecking crew. Like, he showed me – I'm not saying he's Michael Jordan – But he showed me like Jordan S killer instinct, like Dwayne Wade type stuff where it's like, I don't care who's on my team. Just give me the ball, get out the way and I can get it done. So I think he's going to have a uh, I know it sounds scary. I think he's going to have a career year. I think they're going to win more games and do not be surprised if they're also a top three team in the West. And I just think people love Luca and they've been waiting for him to win like every award possible. And I think this year is going to be justified like he's going to be due. So, I I just think it's a perfect storm. He gets it. And I think he's going to, you're going to see it really soon.
1: Like, he's going to run away with everything this season. Well, I could say the same thing for this guy, but over in the East, I think it's Jason Tatum because Tatum is going to be probably on the number one seed in the East. And he is the alpha on that team. Jalen Brown, really, really good. Like, that's a great one, two punch. And Tatum has a lot of help. So, some people may say, "Well, he has so much help. How can be? How can he be the MVP?" But he leads that team, right? Market Smart is the glue, but in Jalen Brown's the sidekick. But it's Jason Tatum's team nowadays. Don't be fooled. And I think that's. I don't think come. anybody's fooled. <laughs> well, but some people will say that though. Like, hold on, like. Oh, he's got Jalen Brown. He's got all these. Who are you
0: this... talking to? This like, hey, hold up! In it's, my it's, mind, Jalen you know, Brown's this team? That... I don't agree with that. Like, like nobody's saying that.
1: These are the things <laughs> I made. You're creating up, you know? this ridiculous narrative. Nobody, nobody ever fit...
0: has said. It's hey, Jaylen I gotta,
1: fit, team. I gotta, I gotta fit my pick into this. You, you,
0: you, you got, you got to rearrange your notes.
1: <laughs>
0: there's, there's no way you were gonna just like slip that past us. But, but, I, but, I, but I get what you're saying. Like, it, it fits in with your coach of the year pick. Like if they're the number one seed, it's just going to be so much attention on that team. Like the e story, Missoula doing a great job. If they're doing a great job, that means Jason Tatum is balling. So yeah. it, it, he, and it's Boston. Like people, it's a major, major, major franchise. Like people yeah. are going to want Jason Tatum to win. Like they love him too. Like he is, like you said, it's the Lucas situation. Like people love those guys. And like, if they have any reason to give them this award, like, oh yeah, lock it. Like they're going to do it.
1: Yeah. I think part of it's going to be, tatum last year i've told you this about the celtics i feel like that tide from last year is just rolling over like today yeah, there was no break so i think voters are going to look at man look what tatum did last year in the playoffs now this year so i i think it goes jason tatum and in vegas says he's a plus 1200 so he's not yeah, far off all right not all far right. off not we always far say off. vegas knows that's right they know something all right so let's get to team predictions eastern conference finals
0: who are the um teams? I'm gonna go Bucs and the Nets. Mm, okay.
1: I'm gonna go Bucks and Celtics. I can't all right, talk so all this about the Celtics. They, no, they don't even make the conference finals. Even, <laughs> even. <laughs> even though I can see the Nets possibly getting revenge on them. Yeah. Um, Western Conference Finals.
0: This was tough. And I and I, I had to pick this team because I already ran my mouth. So I'm gonna go with the Warriors and the Mavericks.
1: That's fair. That's a good one. So a repeat of last year. Yeah. All right. That's fair. I'm going to go the two teams I've hyped up in the West so far, Clippers, Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves are this year's Mavericks slash Grizzlies. Grizzlies during the regular season, uh, Mavericks during the playoffs. So NBA finals matchup, and then who's the champ?
0: This is the finals that as basketball fans we all deserve. It is the Nets and the Warriors, (laughs) and we need – for the, for, the, for the sanity of, of everything that is, that is amazing about sports, like, we need a Nets versus the Warriors finals. And I gotta give you my winner, right? Right now? Of course, yeah. Nets. I wanna oh, see Kevin Durant no. get his first title on his oh. own against the Warriors. Like, just imagine I the like case. Steph
1: too much. I don't if, want that. I like Steph too much for that.
0: Imagine time. if Kevin Durant wins a title against the Warriors, like, what that does for his legacy. Like, everybody would have to shut up. Like, it's like, Oh, it's, you couldn't do it. Like you beat them. Like, and, it, and, it, and it's not like, Oh, he, 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 he beat them in a year or like one of them is hurt. Like they're all back. Like people are expecting the warriors to run it back easily. And for KD to come in and beat them, like it, it, it's the best storyline that we can imagine possible.
1: That's true. But I think like, for me, that doesn't change his legacy. Cause I already think he's a top 10 player. But I just don't want that to happen to Steph. Steph's too good of a guy. He's already got so many titles. Let KD get one. But don't you forget now, and I'm not making this up, where people feel like, well, with the Warriors have won without KD. Like, Steph really only has one title. Now he has two from last year, but the first one he had, you know, Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt. Like, that's still talked about. So – I just don't want that to happen to Steph because I feel like there is friction there. Draymond can say, oh, we won all, oh, we squashed it. No. When the finals comes around, that's going to be a battle. Like, oh, that's yeah, gonna and, be that, and that's why you watch. want to see
0: it, but you just know they're both going to be playing their hardest. Real quick, want- quick question. Let's say uh, – go ahead and answer yours, and I want to ask you an off-the-cuff question.
1: Uh, it's the Bucs and the Clippers, and the Clippers get finally get their title. PG-13 finally gets his title, and Kawhi leads the way. All right,
0: cool, cool. And let's say if we're wrong and the Warriors went again, they went back to back. Is there a legitimate argument to be had that Steph Curry is officially the best player of the LeBron era? Cause I, cause I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at it. Like that would be what five and nine war titles, sexier fashion, dominant fashion. And it's not like he's like, Oh, he's like Robert Orr. He's only, he's only just getting there, and like he's not doing anything else like in between. But like, it, is is there an argument to be had that in the LeBron era, like Steph Curry is the best player?
1: I think I'll say this with the LeBron MJ. You can make you can make that argument. I think you can make that argument. My answer would still be it's LeBron because. If LeBron was on that team instead of Steph, yeah, they don't have that three-point shooting from LeBron. But they have so much more JT. They have another defensive guy. They have another guy that can get in the paint. They have another playmaker. Like he fits all of what Steph does and more except the shooting. But you know the beauty of the Warriors, they have shooting. They put guys around. Look, now they've got a Jordan Poole coming in. They've got an Andrew Wiggins. Like in before, they had Inigo Dalla. They had all these other guys that LeBron wished he had that in Cleveland the first time around. And to be honest, even the second time around when he got them into the finals without Kyrie, like I, I don't even think it would be close. In fact, there may not even be a debate between LeBron and MJ if LeBron was in Golden State or had that management around him that could put pieces around him the way Golden State did. I don't even know if the Heat could have done as good of a job as the Warriors did with getting pieces around Steph as what the Heat did with LeBron. So you can make that argument because you bring up a good point, but at the end of the day, LeBron is still the best player in the LeBron era. That's why we call it the LeBron era.
0: I love LeBron, and those are very good points. I feel like you won't admit this, but the reason you're saying no is, one, you love LeBron. Which is rightfully so. And two, I think we're thinking about LeBron's impact on and off the court. Like that's why it's like the LeBron era. Like it's like it's all about him. But I'm sorry. If somebody in your era is winning five titles in nine years, oh yeah, we're gonna have that talk about whose era it really is. Like this could be the Steph era. So we'll stay tuned. Let's see what happens. Cause if we're wrong in these picks, i guarantee you, I'm calling it now. That's going to be the conversation in national media is who's the better player of this era, Steph Curry, LeBron James. So get ready for that.
1: That's fine, but not really a question at the end of the day. So let's get into the NFL because, JT, after all, it is the fall. So first up.
0: You in these transitions, man.
1: (laughs) You don't like them? You don't like
0: them? I don't. That I was don't, a heck of a transition. I don't, I don't know. What's, you interrupted I don't, me. I don't know what's going on with you today. <laughs> you are. You are. You are in this. You are in this weird Mister Rogers mood. I'm just not used to it. I don't know what's up. I feel like you're setting us up for something that we don't see coming. But uh, continue. I, I, it, it's it's you. It's unique. I'll say that. Go ahead. You just
1: ruined the transition. You ruined it. Well, how am I going to do it now? Anyway, all right. So I guess JT wants me to be. I don't know how. What other way you want to transition on the on the next JT and the Don? Oh, dude, all right. So I don't know. What do you want? What do you want? I don't. I don't know what you want here. So all right, I'll just get into it. Dallas Cowboys are up next. JT, want to talk about them? Is that a better transition?
0: Now, now now he wants to be me. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, let's let's talk about the Cowboys. Whatever.
1: All right. So they lost. To the Eagles Sunday night, Eagles are now still undefeated. Uh, Cowboys are four and two. So are the Cowboys still a legit team?
0: Yeah. I mean, you just said it. they lost to a team that was six and no undefeated, only undefeated team in the league. And they did it with the backup quarterback. So four and two to me is not bad at all. But yeah, they're still legit. Dak is still a top 10 quarterback in the league whenever he's healthy. And here's the other reason why they have a defense that is excellent. And Micah Parsons is playing at a defensive player of the year level. And even so much so that I think that his impact on defense is the closest thing that you can get to a franchise quarterback. Like, it's insane. Like you just look at how they line them up. Like one play he's rushing the passer blowing up your line and the next play he's dropping back in coverage, you know, covering your slot receiver. It's just, I've just never seen a player that young just be that dominant in so many
1: different ways. Like he does it all. So I don't, I don't think we are around the CLT, but that's a, uh, that's a compliment to Micah Parsons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just, I just don't know if like L and LT is great. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if LT is like a great cover guy, like, like Parsons is like, this is ridiculous, but I'm not, I'm not sliding LT at all. But if those two are healthy, yeah, they're definitely still a legit team because Dak's going to do his thing and then, like, there's nobody in the league that can block Parsons. Like, he's literally just running around everybody.
1: Yeah, of course they're a legit team. This is definitely a JT type of question. Oh, gosh. I there mean, we go. I don't even there know. I, I, was, I, was
0: wait, I was waiting for that to come out.
1: What's the definition of legit? Anyway, I mean, you now have your franchise QB coming back. Like Dak is coming back. The team has learned to play like kind of turnover-free football, playoff-type football, run the ball. And you just said it, defense. JT, they rank fourth in pass defense. They're third in points per game allowed, meaning they have the third best, right? The third fewest they allow points per game in the whole NFL. That's a recipe right there for success when you've got your franchise QB coming back. So yeah, Eagles got this win, but next time Dak will be in the house. It'll be in Dallas. It's going to be a much different game. So now the team's have success under, under Cooper Rush, right? But Dak has been on the receiving end of criticism from both the media and fans. Do you feel he's being... Uh, disrespected
0: yeah absolutely like the fact that people think that they can be this playoff and you know Super Bowl contender with Cooper Rush is just laughable like it's the same thing that happens with Lamar Jackson like he goes down Tyler Huntley comes in they don't win but it's like oh look he plays just like Lamar does they can win without Lamar like no like Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback and like they paid him for a reason because he is that good And you just look at Dak, like I'm just looking at his career numbers. You take out that one year where he got hurt and had the ankle injury. You know what his averages are? 4,000-plus yards, 28-plus passing touchdowns, and 66% completion percentage for his career. Find me a quarterback in the league that you could just pluck out of practice squad, a backup that you put them in for a full 16, and they're getting those numbers. There's not that many. And that's why... Yes, he's being disrespected. And then you look at like this passing yards, like I think what he's like 22,000 plus. If you go uh, active quarterbacks and like where they are in those career stats, there's only, he's 12. There's only three guys in the top 15 that even crossed 20,000. And only three of those guys are under 30. It's him, Jared Goff, and Mahomes. And Mahomes is 15th. So it lets you know, Like, how good Dak has been and how underappreciated he really is. It's like, he's putting up the stats, but he's just not getting the respect, and it's because he plays for the Cowboys. Like, it's insane to think that people are like, are the Cowboys better with Cooper Rush? Like, I I know you don't want me to say this, but, like, what the is that? Like, seriously, like, that's crazy. Yeah, he's being disrespected. Like, you just see it with guys like him. Like, he's in the Lamar Jackson school of disrespect. Like, it's insane.
1: Look at you dubbing out your own curse words. Good
0: job. I I didn't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but I really want to say the F word, but I I know how you feel. I I
1: appreciate that. And listen, the viewers appreciate, appreciate the, uh, the respect that, that you have for them too. Two, any chance you get to put Lamar Jackson in a segment or in a show, you will take. So good job there getting him in. And, you know, three. Look at you doing your research. Say that stat again about Dak being one of only three quarterbacks. Twenty two thousand. So, what was that again? So
0: so out of so out of active quarterbacks, there are only active. fifteen active. guys, regardless of age, that have passed for at least twenty thousand yards in their career. Okay. Only three guys in that list are under thirty. It's Dak, it's Patrick Mahomes, who is number fifteen, by the way, and Jared Goff is I think like number. Like eight or something. Like he's up five, but but still, like it's three guys that are under thirty that are at twenty thousand yards passing. Like that's crazy. Like Dak is number twelve. Like he's going up against guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, like who have played forever. Like, but people don't think of him that way. And like his averages are insane. Like four thousand yards, twenty eight plus touchdowns, and sixty six percent completion percentage. Like that's his career average every year like that that's insane like find me a guy you know like you know what all right i can lock him into that
1: yeah no and and i think two years ago when he had that injury could we say he was on a heater already (laughs) yeah could we say he was on an mvp pace yeah had they you know had they continued to be successful in the wins column oh he easily would
0: have had like like fifty five hundred yards maybe 50 touchdowns like it was right. insane the pace that he was having like it's funny you say that i think when he went down what well, was like two game, like the third game of the season maybe maybe yeah
1: maybe fourth
0: i think he had already had 11 touchdowns by then like <laughs> god you know i think the the person who leads the league in touchdowns this year is like at like 15 like we're in week six
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was ridiculous listen of course, that's big disrespect that he's getting. I never understood the disrespect toward him from the beginning. Like, I, I never understood it. A lot of people didn't even think he'd survive that first year when he came in. I, I mean, I I don't know what else to say about the guy. I guess maybe he needs to win a Super Bowl to to, to shut everybody up. But, I mean, yeah, totally disrespectful. It's the, Dallas,
0: it's the Dallas Cowboy yeah. effect. It's the same way that we underappreciate Tony Romo. It's like, bro, Tony Romo? say what you want he is one bad referee call away from being in the super bowl like it was a catch like think about that
1: yeah so i mean the fact that some people even considered that oh should cooper rush continue when that comes back i thought that was kind of laughable but
0: i mean that's... we know we know why this is going on the cowboy part is a big part of it but this happens like it, it a quarterback has to do things a certain way for people to just give him respect. And it's like, Cooper Rush is nice. Like, I I like him. He he could be a top 6 backup in the league. Like they get congratulations, you have that. But it's like, what did Cooper Rush do to prove that like, you know what? If everything else on this team is broken, like, hey, like we can rely on this guy to go out there and get into a shootout.
1: Well, this is the thing. Uh, the disrespect comes from here is that Cooper Rush when you need when things aren't working well one night, for example, this past Sunday night. Can he be that guy that you put everything on his shoulders and say go said, to elevate? Go, yeah, go go win us the game no. and come the playoffs. You'd rather have a guy like Dak than a Cooper Rush. So Cooper I mean, Rush
0: is remember that national championship game where Alabama played Texas and Colt McCoy got hurt. Yep. Cooper Rush is Garrett Gilbert. He comes in. Like has one good game, and then like when you have to make him the focal point, what happens? Right. He sucks, and then he has to transfer it to a, to a different team.
1: I don't let's let's not say Cooper Rush sucks, but you know I get I get what you're saying. So let's focus on the other team from that Sunday night game. The Eagles are the Eagles a legit Super Bowl contender? There's that oh, word again. That's like the third time we've used that legit word.
0: Yeah, it's catching on, right? Uh, legit contender. Well, Super Bowl contender. Yeah, absolutely. I mean quarterback a guy who i think is also being disrespected is jalen hurts like he should be in the mvp conversation but i know it's just josh allen's world and we're just merely existing in it so i get it but eagles are legit and you saw it on prime time first of all i think as far as like a roster being complete best in the league defense amazing like they might be number one b to buffalo's 1a like is a debate offensive and defensive lines that's in football you know And they are the team that's built for any type of situation. If you have to win those tough games and run the ball, they can do that with the best of them. If you need to get into a shootout in Arrowhead or go up to Buffalo, they can do that as well. And I know people kind of scratched their heads when I said this at the beginning of the season, but my coach of the year pick, Nick Sirianni, I think he knows what he's doing. Like he's pretty, pretty good. And you've seen it this year. Like I think he now has the team that fits what he wants to do. And you're really seeing why he was such a, a hype, you know, candidate to take over as a head coach. Because this, like, look where this team is, and this is what year three for him. So yeah, the Eagles, they should be to me the top Super Bowl contender just because I think they're just so complete. Like, I love Buffalo, Josh Allen. You know, he's he's God, right? But they still can't run the ball. Their defense is hobbled. And here's the thing. They have a history recently of not winning tight games. And they finally went into Arrowhead and beat Patrick Mahomes with no Tyreek Hill. So I'm just automatically supposed to think, like, oh, yeah, the Bills are over the hill, just crown them, put them on the top. Like, no, like the Eagles, they're, 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 I don't want to say they're perfect, but they're close to a perfect team as there is. And it's like nobody's paying attention to it.
1: Why must you always compare everything to the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen? I mean, it, it seems like you're purposely going out of your way to do that, which tells me you're worried about the Bills. You know how good they are, but yet you you got to try to downplay it. Like, bro, the Chiefs, regardless of who beats the Chiefs this year plays them, Chiefs aren't having Tyreek Hill. He's gone. Let it go. Like, and then on top of that, The question was the Eagles. Are they a legit Super Bowl contender? Did you watch the game Sunday night and what they did to the Cowboys? Of course, they're they're legit Super Bowl contenders. I mean, just look at their defense. Number six in pass defense, number five in run defense. That's a heck of a combination. And then offensively, they're number four in scoring. Like, what else would you want from a team to say they're a legit Super Bowl contender? Of course they are. So, but why you always got to bring the Buffalo Bills in? No you, know what's cra- up you know what's the crazy about you that did. stat?
0: You know what's crazy about that stat? They're number four in scoring, in scoring offense, but like their defense is preventing them from getting into shutouts. Like that's insane. Like at least I know you don't want me to talk about the Bills, but at least the Bills have been in like legit real shootouts. Like Eagles are just <laughs> blowing people out and the defense is like, now nah, we're putting this shit away. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, we both agree. They're, they're legit Super Bowl contenders. So, yeah. We're not going to argue with that. Let's move right. on to some. Let's move on to a team that's
1: definitely whoa, whoa, not a Super
0: Bowl Hold
1: on, hold on, hold on. What's but, that? What? What? You, you're missing a big question here. I thought you definitely wanted to talk about. Oh,
0: I, I thought I thought you didn't want to talk anymore about about these about these guys. But
1: go ahead. No, go ahead. I want to talk about this one because I because I know I know what you're going to say here, and I think I'm going to disagree. I will tell you it. what, if you if you, what say, if you tell me what I'm going to say,
0: if you tell me what I'm going to say, and you get it right, I just won't I just won't speak on it. How All about
1: right. That? Well, now I believe like you're purposely switching your answer. No, I, I'm but a man of my is, word. Should they extend Jalen Hurts now? I would guess you're gonna say, based on how everyone else is getting paid, and that Lamar's not getting paid, and that he should have been paid before, that you're telling the Eagles, yes, you should extend him now before he's you got to pay him a billion-dollar guaranteed signing bonus and hand over 49% of the Philadelphia Eagles uh ownership
0: and that's why you're my boy
1: you know exactly
0: what i was gonna say so guess what y'all ain't no reason for me to say nothing that's (laughs) legit my answer so so what's your answer and it better not be the same either because i don't want you complaining about (laughs) no i know what you're gonna say and then you go and say the same shit that i do
1: no i i disagree with you i disagree with you and this is the reason why Why pay him? Regardless of what you just said now or what I said that you were going to say, like, why? Why extend him now? Why? He has a lot of great pieces around him, and that's not taking anything away from him. But at the same time, continue to make him prove it. What's he on, a second year or his third year? This is year three. Okay, year three. You get to make the decision at the end of the season to pick up the fifth year. So then you've got him locked in for two more years. What's he not going to show up for those two years? Of course he is. And then he's at least going to show up one more year. Then you've got the fifth year and then a possible franchise tag. But this is the thing. I never mind paying quarterbacks. But you've got to prove it. You can't just show me half of last year in six games of this year. Prove it. You finish out this season great, we'll pick up that fifth year, and then we'll do an extension on top of that. Show me what you got. Because if you do what Kyler Murray did, you fail the last third of the season, and you fail in the playoffs, and it's on you, not the defense, and we lose a game 10-6 in the playoffs, guess what? That contract that gave you back in October, I'm regretting it. And i got to live with it for the next Five years minimum, maybe six or seven. So why? Why? Like, make them prove it. Make them continue to prove it. And I hate, when, di- you, hold I hate on, when you hold keep, on. what's the difference? You keep saying that. Hold on. What's the difference? You're going to save $50 million? Who cares? I, I would love for you to win a Super Bowl so I can give you $50 million more in guaranteed money. Because if that's all I'm going to save, and I'm the NFL that makes... 15 billion in revenue and i'm the eagles that have all this money what's 50 million when i've got a super bowl franchise quarterback man i'd rather pay you more because you actually prove you
0: rather stiff me on the bill that's how you operate when it comes to
1: contracts um no i'm not here here, here's what i'll say you're absolutely right i just want you to prove it so i can pay you the money You're absolutely not just based on projections.
0: You're absolutely right about my answer. I was gonna tie in Lamar and I was gonna tie it in all this stuff. But it's true. Learn from the Ravens mistakes. Like this is gonna cost the let me finish. This is gonna cost the Ravens dearly. But here's also In what way? What is dearly
1: true? What is dearly? To? Conversation Tell for another day. Dearly. I don't.
0: I don't want this to be a three-hour show. You know we talked Hold about on. this before.
1: Is dearly that I got to pay you the the Deshaun Watson two hundred thirty million guaranteed instead of the one? Well, if you let me
0: finish what I was gonna say, well, I it, asked you what. Well, is let me finish. Dearly? Let me answer. All right, all right, be go quiet. Ahead. Zip it. Jesus, gosh, <laughs> he loves Lamar, but he hates him at the same time. I don't. I don't get this. Reason I'm bringing up Lamar is because you know my you know my mantra. I've always stuck to it. They should have extended him after his MVP season. Like you knew what you had. The thing that the Eagles have built in that the Ravens didn't at that time with Lamar when he won his MVP is they're six and no. Hurts is clearly playing at an MVP level, but it's almost guaranteed he's not going to win the MVP because as long as Josh Allen's healthy, it's his award. So if I'm howie roseman who is the best best front office person in the world like it's, it's not even close if i'm a forward thinker like him i'm like hmm i got my franchise quarterback i know what the market is right now he is showing me that he is an mvp quarterback but i know he's not going to get the award so if he doesn't get the award he can't demand the money but i know i'm getting the talent if he doesn't win the mvp this year and josh allen does yeah i'm extending him because i know i'm getting a discounted rate he's my guy i traded up into the second round to get him when i already had a first round quarterback on my roster so that lets me know how you feel about the guy and he's exceeding all your expectations it's it's cat and mouse man like save every little bit you can just go to him just go to him into the year talk to him about an extension and see what they say because it'd be different if josh allen wasn't here this year because he be the MVP and that, that price would be too high. And then I would, I would say, okay, I understand they're playing the game that you're talking about, you know, two more years tag and all that stuff. But it's like, if I can get an MVP quarterback locked up and he doesn't know he's the MVP on paper yet, I do that.
1: But JT, if we're talking now, I said, wait till the end of the season, make him prove it here this year. Like even again, even if he has a really good season, what what if he falters at times?
0: I mean, that could and what be anybody. If he falters
1: in the playoffs. Exactly. So now you're just an anybody. Like, I want you to be that MVP. I want you to be the guy that gets us to a suit. If he gets them to a Super Bowl, then in a lot of it is because of him and he continues to play like this. Absolutely sign him at the end of this season. Because you know what you've got. He's proven it. I, He's young and you're paying him for the future.
0: It's 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 like the I know it's gonna sound messed up. It's like the ugly duckling. Like, get him early. Like, get him early. Before so you want to get them right now after six and weeks.
1: You want to get them right now after six weeks. Yeah, I do. So, how much are they truly going to save if they sign him today compared to okay, gets them to an NFC title game or the Super Bowl and loses come February? I want to. How much are you really saving?
0: I don't know, but here's maybe the thing. nothing. Hold on, come tell about, tell me. I want to sign him before Lamar get somebody to do something for the Deshaun Watson that's what I want to do I want I want to be like look hey you're not getting Deshaun Watson money so anything under that we can talk about because you know what's coming with Lamar like he already told you what the goal is like it, I ain't stopping until I get the, the Deshaun Watson money so if you know you don't want to pay Jalen Hurst that get that shit out the way before a second guy gets it
1: but JT is there a team willing to pay Lamar? I don't know. Deshaun? We that's don't know. The problem. let them hit let he- him
0: hit the open market because I didn't think somebody would pay Deshaun that. But that's the thing. NFL teams are stupid. We don't know. But hey, look, we'll move on. You don't you think they should wait? I think they should extend them as soon as possible. It's it's it's, it's, it's the Lamar situation all over again. They're probably gonna do what you want them to do, which is what NFL teams do, and um they'll be wrong. So anyway, on are to a team because onto right a team that is regretting that they' <laughs> they see, pay their quarterback there you
1: go see this is one example right they give all this money hey maybe they should have made them prove it a little bit more in seattle i mean he
0: had already proven it
1: dude
0: to die pro like what more <laughs> you want I know, i'm i just do? kidding just um, kidding. On, on an- another person that's actually being disrespected too but of course yeah. we're talking about the denver broncos um another brutal prime time game another loss they are now what two and four uh also russell wilson Wolverine Bloodnall is listed day-to-day with a hamstring injury before they take on the Jets. Um, A lot to unpack here. First, I just want to start with the team, the Broncos. How do they fix themselves?
1: Well, Russ has to get healthy. They could have used a healthy Javante Williams. And, I mean, it's too early to talk this, but the coaching – Their decisions have to change a little bit. I'm not saying coaching staff. I'm saying their decisions, right? Nathaniel Hackett, first-year head coach, he's got to evaluate how he handles certain situations, how he handles end-of-game management. So I think that's where that starts on the coaching staff. I mean, X's and O's, we'd have to watch the games personnel decisions in terms of players i'd have to watch more of the broncos and i'm not going to sit here and lie that i watch bronco games devoutly. but the end of game situations because technically jt they could be easily four and two right the seattle ending and then what the ending against the colts and now if they're four and two they would have they would have been four and one right going into this past weekend i believe So, they would have been four and one, even with the loss. And again, another close one Monday night. Did they not have the lead? So, like, you know, I think if they're four and one, they probably win that game against the Chargers.
0: Yeah, because their their defense just basically took the Chargers out of that game. Yeah,
1: because they believe that they can close the deal if they were already four and one. And we're probably looking at a five and one Broncos team. So, I think that's where they need to fix them. So, they've been in games. They've been in games. They've been right there against some good teams. So they've got to fix the situational stuff at the end. And that does come from the coach, the head coach. Um, but again, they need to get Russ healthy. Uh, Javante Williams, obviously I put in there, cause that would be a big help, but that's not going to fix them. Yeah, talk,
0: talk about, talk about uh, <laughs> taking a shot at people. Damn. That's still a painful subject, man. Javante has cost me a lot, but you know, Hope he gets well soon. I oh, think he's a did? talented back. Oh,
1: did he? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that in fantasy. Yeah, yeah. This is why people
0: people fronting out the, evil, evil, the Um, what we can't hear you speak, speak up. It's so, speak I up. mean, yeah. The the obvious answers are, you know, give it time. The Russ has got to play better. But I'm just going to say what everybody wants to say. How do they fix themselves? Fire Nathaniel Hackett. And what you do is fire him. Go to Sean Payton with a blank check and ask him how much it's going to take him to get him in the building. Like, Hackett it has to go. Like, they are one more week of bad performances from losing the entire locker room. Like, this is almost at Matt Rule panic levels to me. Like, you see all the looks on the sideline, Melvin Gordon with the, with the interviews, the body language. Like, it's one thing to have Russ playing bad, but they know it in that locker room that their coach does not know what he's doing. So – fire the guy. I'm sorry. Like I I know it's unprecedented that like, you don't fire a guy like four games into his career. It's going to be a
1: costly the, firing. If the there Broncos. was new
0: ownership, they got the money. If there was <laughs> ever a time to do a first, like, you, you know, you walk on the moon, you do all this stuff like fire this guy. Like it was a mistake. You hired him to get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers didn't show up. You got Russell Wilson instead. It is not working. Keeping Russell Wilson. It's cheaper than firing Nathaniel Hackett. It's easy math. Get it done. Go to Sean Payton. He can fix this mess. Like, this is bad. Like, it's so bad. Like, I don't even think prime Russell Wilson could fix it because Nathaniel Hackett is just that bad. And it's not even just X's and O's. Like, he's bad at, I think he's bad at communication. I think he's overwhelmed with, like, the day-to-day things that coaches have to do, like, besides the game. Like, I've never heard a coach, his first, after his first game, be like, I had to hire a guy just to help me do my my Monday to Saturday job. I'm like, what? Like, it's bad. Fire him. Like, I, I'm screaming it from the top. Find out what his buyout is. All the little new owners collectively put your little money together. Well, not really little money, but chip in and get him the hell out of there. It's time. It's
1: over. I think that's a little too soon, but he he's got to revisit his – Game management, game situations.
0: He got to revisit Aaron Rodgers and be like, "Damn, what were you doing that that, that made it work for us?" Because it's not working for me. Like, <laughs> like if Aaron Rodgers is not coming in, he got to go. Like Don, like how many times does this dude have to be on prime time and be like, "What the hell is going on?" Like it's 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 bad. I, this I would rather have Manny Diaz coach this team. Wow. And Nathaniel Hackett. Like, I'm being serious. Cause at least I know they got a good defense. Manny would have them doing all kind of crazy shit. And like they be, they, they be the, the Ravens when they won the Super Bowl. Like, like I, I, I can get with that. Shit. Give me back Vic Fangio, a guy who you loved for this specific reason. He knew how to coach. Like, if Vic like they should have just kept him.
1: I told you that. I told Fangio, you that. They should have got Vic. Offensive.
0: You were right. You were right. I, I'm, I'm saying it. Where's the camera? You were right. They should have kept Fangio. <laughs> Thank
1: you. About time. because like,
0: like I was skeptical on this defense, but they're for real. Like, it's mm-hmm. legit. And even without Von Miller, somehow they got better. And it's like.
1: And even without Vic Fangio, a defensive head yeah, coach. Yeah. Like, man, Vic is cheap. Bring him back. Sorry. He never had a Russell Bring Wilson.
0: in Vic Fangio and Basaccia, and this is fixed. That's, that's a cheap way to do it. <laughs> but, I mean, the other elephant in the room is Russell Wilson. Like, he's just also not playing good either. So, what's wrong with him? Like, what is wrong with Russ? Like, why are we seeing this, this massive yeah. struggle?
1: Good question. I, I think he's just trying too hard. Like, I think he's trying to make up for, for some of the deficiencies that they have. And – I will say, like, I'm starting to question him, too. And then I'm like, nah, like, I I do think he needs to get back to the rust from Seattle, right? If something's not there, pull the ball, tuck it, and run, right? And then also, where is that magic that he does behind the line of scrimmage? Like, do the magic, then throw it. Don't force it. Do the magic. Get someone open. Buy time. Hit them. Keep it going. And – Cause it seems like he's locked in and, and I don't know if this is the offensive scheme or maybe he's just, again, not being the old Russell Wilson from Seattle, but it seems like he's locking in on a guy and that's it. And again, he's not doing the, the, the magic behind the line of scrimmage, not scrambling, not buying time, not tucking in and running, forcing things. He, is, so, he
0: He's doing, he's doing the, the running around thing a little bit more, but like, we just forget like he's older. So like, he, I mean, he's Man. still one of the most like mobile quarterbacks in the league, I mean, but it's not like it's not like elite prime Russ. But no, but it, uh, it, is he? Is, is, I I was wondering like, there's that meme going around of like him just like not seeing wide open guys like five feet in front of him. Like I'm like, is is he like? Does he need like the Jameis Winston like LASIK surgery? Is he legit blind out there? Like I think it's the coach, but I you know. I'm I'm a guy. But but listen theoretically, I'm the guy in the basement. Like, what the hell do I know? But I I I know bad coaching when I see it.
1: You can blame the coach there, but we have seen some of those things where he's looking at the guy in the back of the end zone who's covered. Why is he then not shifting down and looking at the short route? Right? The guy's covered in the back of the end zone, JT. There's no doubt. So yeah, maybe you didn't see the guy short first because that wasn't the first read, but you got to get to him eventually. <laughs> so. yeah.
0: um, I agree with you. I think I want to add on to one. I think he's hurt. Like, I think we didn't know he had like the torn lat and he was playing through that. And then now he just picked up his hamstring injury that, I mean, they were saying it, it could be, you know, fairly significant, but he still mm-hmm. wants to play. So yeah, he's not a hundred percent. I got to throw that in there, but also I feel like the team is not playing to his strength. Like he is starting to run more, but they didn't call any of those. Like, He's like, you know what? I've taken so much criticism where it's like, all right, I got to scramble and get out of there. But I don't, I watch Broncos games, not a lot, but the ones that I've seen, like, I don't think I see them run any like boots for him. Like, it's just drop back and just see what's open. Like, that's never been his game. His game is off script, throw that perfect deep pass to someone who's one-on-one down the field. And like, that's how he does it. Like, like they're not calling anything to his strengths. And it's like, I don't want to say it's Chicago bears level bad, but this is like a Justin Fields type of situation where it's just like, do you know who is your quarterback? Like you see this dude in practice every day In Russell Wilson's case, like you've seen him play for what? 10 years. Like, you know what Russ does well. So like when you, when you brought him to the team, like you had to know, like, all right, Russ is coming in. Like, this is what we, this is what I've seen him do. This is what was, what we got to like tailor the game plan around. And they're not doing that. Like, which is why i said like fire nathaniel hackett like if you can't make a scheme work around russell wilson then i'm sorry you don't deserve to be a coach like you paid this dude 250 million dollars like it's about him i don't care if none of the other pieces fit scheme that shit around him like if we got to run boots and none of the receivers fit in the boot offense they're gonna sit their ass on the bench Like. Find me somebody on the street. They're going to they get booted a, to the bench. They get booted to the bench. Find me somebody that can, that can run a boot offense. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, he's hurt. They don't know what the hell they're doing. That's the answer. That's what's wrong with Russ. Like, they done took away his frying pan and all, and this man can't cook. Like, it's it's, it's bullshit. Wow.
1: wow. Go on to the next can, one. Y'all can we go on, on to all. the about, next yeah, one yeah, after yeah, that? Real, wow. real, real. Talk about me with the, you know. Anyway. All right. So. Let's turn to some college football, JT. Probably the game of the year, Tennessee beating Alabama for the first time. Awesome game. Awesome game. Absolutely. First time they beat Alabama since 2006. The final score, 52-49 Vols. So, are the Vols, here's that word again, are the Vols a legit playoff team?
0: I got to say, yeah, I mean – they got all they check all the boxes. They got a Heisman candidate, a quarterback with Hooker. They got a top offensive play card. Do we say top five with the head coach? I don't know. Top five offensive play call in the country. And I, the eye test tells me that, that they're very, very good. Like they've been putting the points on everybody. You go back to last year. Like they did the same thing, too. Like mm-hmm. Hooker had a great season. And like I feel like nobody cared. So this is not just, like, some, like, flash in the pan thing this year. Like, they've been building toward this since Hypo's been there. And then I look at this, too. If this were UFC with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and they just won against Bama this way, like, it wouldn't even be a question. We're like, oh, yeah, legit. They're they're a playoff team. So you
1: be ranked first in the country.
0: Exactly. So I got to say, look, just because it's Tennessee is not backing me off of, like, saying they're a playoff team, like, they say if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. They just did, and they and the thing that they did well that really impressed me was they almost tried to give away that game because you forget they got up, they they went up big in a hurry. Bama came back. They they turned the ball over what twice, and I'm like, oh, here here it goes. The team is scared. Bama's gonna come back, and they still kept their composure and won the game. And it's like, man, like that shows me something, like. If the if if making mistakes against Bama in a game like that is not too big for you, then I'm not worried about all the rest
1: of the games. Like you can win them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course they're a legit playoff team. They just beat Alabama 52 49. They put 52 on Alabama, 52 on Nick Saban's defense,
0: and they and, and Alabama has the best defensive prospect, maybe like the past like
1: 10 years, right. like in and Will Anderson and,
0: and Anderson like. Like, they said he could have went top five last year. Like, you put 52 on a team that has that guy coming to take your head off every play.
1: Right. They put 52. I don't care what type of defense you have. I I mean, yeah, your defense is going to have to play. But, JT, if you could put 52 on Alabama's defense, you're going to be in every game. You're going to be a contender. You're undefeated. You have – was that was that Hendon Hooker's You're legit. Heisman moment? What was that his Heisman moment? I think it was. I, I mean, it was just like everything is there. So of course they're a legit, you know, playoff team. So we've mentioned Hendon Hooker, right? Now you may or may not recall that he actually transferred to Tennessee in 2021 from Virginia Tech. You've got former Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez and former Georgia Tech running back Jameer Gibbs, who obviously transferred to their current schools. And they've had a lot of great success now with their new team, JT. So this is a pretty good JT question. I'll give give that to you. I'll give that to you. Is the transfer portal exposing bad coaches and coaching staffs?
0: yeah absolutely and to show you how much it is these are just three guys like we could go down the whole list of guys that are Mm -hmm. transferred out of bad situations that are doing really well like i forgot jameer gibbs even played at georgia tech like like what, what were they doing there and now he's a first round pick like everybody swears he's the next coming of alvin kamara hooker we've already talked about you know like he's a heisman candidate like he could sneak into that first round of the draft too and then martinez to me is the most impressive like He is literally what you think about of Scott Frost's failures at Nebraska. It's him. Like, not developing well, just not playing well. And, like, Kansas State, he goes there. Like, like he looks really good. And I do think the transfer portal is exposing bad coaches. And it's good because I think this has always been a problem. Like, coaches do whatever they want. And there's no repercussion for bad coaches. Because guess what? You coach – You don't succeed, you get fired. What happens after that? Your buddies just go and hire you somewhere else. I always say this. Like, I love Alabama, but, like, they perpetuate this cycle. Like, you do bad somewhere else, you go to Alabama. I call it, it's coaching rehab. Like, you go there to repair your image. Like, Bill O'Brien is doing it right now. He's going to be a favorite for a head coaching job. They got Adam Gase somewhere being hidden where we're forgetting that he exists. And then as soon as he's a coordinator and Bama wins a championship, nothing to do with him. But they're going to win a championship be like, all right, cool. Adam Gase is on the staff. Like, let's hire him. Like, I'm glad that these guys are transferring and showing that, yeah, these coaches do suck. These schools and these programs are making terrible decisions and wasting money. And maybe they should open up to how they hire people. Like, it's it, it, I mean, just look at uh, Hooker was at Virginia Tech. Like, was it Uh, Fuentes was the coach there? Fuente. Like that was a, yeah, that was a dumpster fire. Like you forget, like there was a mass exodus of transfers from Virginia tech because it was so bad. Like, and he was bad there. And for him to come to Tennessee now, like I've seen a year and a half of this guy play at top five quarterback level. Like, like he didn't just learn how to play quarterback overnight. Like it tells me he was always good. And that coaching staff just sucked. Like, It's the same thing with the NFL, too. Like, that's why, like, it's funny we're doing this show today. Uh, Elijah Moore, the Jets wide receiver, and we talked about this off air, he just requested a trade. And it's like, I'm glad players are doing that. Like, NFL players are doing it. The transfer reporter, they're like, I'm out. I don't like the situation. It's like, this is what would have happened in the past is Hooker plays at Virginia Tech, right? They don't succeed. Are they going to say, all right, the coach was bad let's never hire him again. Or is it like hooker is not a good quarterback. Let's not draft him. Like it's always the players that suffer. So I'm glad that they have the opportunities to show like, Hey, like when I'm not successful, it's not just me. Like you need to look at the other guy in this relationship too. Like coaches are just bad and we see it. And that's the beauty of more access to media fantasy sports. Like people have the ability to see numbers where it's like, all right, we can see when the players aren't performing and we can see where it's just really bad coaching. So, yeah, I think the transfer portal is exposing bad coaching, but I think it's also exposing hitting gems, too. Like, I think that's what kind of messed Miami up. Like, we had Rhett Lashley and, you know, transfer portal show, like, he just brought in guys off the street and they put up career years and now, guess what, we lost him to a head coaching job. So I think it's working both ways, but it's all good for the players where it's like... All right, if I have a bad situation, I can go somewhere where I'm successful. And when they do go and have success like these guys that we named, it makes those coaches that they left look bad. And it gets them fired because Virginia Tech fired their coach. Scott Frost got fired at Nebraska. And Georgia Tech fired their coach. All three of those guys left those programs. They're in a much better position. So yeah, long story short, I do agree. It is exposing bad coaching. Well,
1: I there's a lot to unfold there and i'll start with if we go with elijah moore that's a different situation than these other guys and the guys transferring because i don't think anyone right now is saying robert sala and his staff is a bad coaching staff so that's a different situation um no but i I, I I was i was more
0: i was more speaking to like like player more mobility like like If you're unhappy with something, it's okay to speak up where you're not being like blackballed for it, like in the past.
1: And and that's fine. But at the same time, still a different situation. Like Elijah Moore has got to realize his position in the NFL. And he's also got to prove it a little bit too. Now, yeah, he may, he may be unhappy with the involvement of the offense, but what rookie or second year guy doesn't go through that? You know what I mean? Like, Some people may look at Elijah Moore and say, hmm, he's being a little selfish. They're four and two. They're winning by running the ball. But he's not happy because he's not involved. It'd be different if they're not winning. But some people would say that about Elijah Moore. I'm not saying that because I don't know the guy. I don't watch enough Jets football. I don't watch any of their interviews. But I can guarantee you there's people saying that and maybe people within NFL circles are saying that too. Like, is this the type of guy you want on your team that the jets are finally winning JT finally winning, but it's still not good enough for the players in that locker room. Like what else can Robert Sala do? But,
0: this, the, so, thing, but the thing the thing is, and I don't want to, I don't want to make this an Elijah, Elijah I Moore know, question, I but know. I feel like because he requested a trade, it's not saying anything negative about the jets. Like it's not, like he say like, Oh, like, Salah sucks as a coach. Get me the hell out of here. It's, it's like, hey, look, but I, I know I know, my career is so limited, and I only have so many opportunities. Let me go somewhere and, where I can put myself and, in the best situation. And
1: that's fine. You just said it a lot of times. You said, I think, the I word three or four times. I, sorry to say this, JT. Football is not an I no sport. I right? no I team. I get it. No, I didn't say I and team. I said I is not a, you know, it's not a football word it's it's not how football is right football is one of the most team sports there is so if that's the type of guy he wants to be that's great because when the Jets win if they win or whatever team Elijah Moore may have been on ends up winning he's missing out because he was so focused on himself but I digress from that because again I don't know who he is in terms of personally I don't know you know, the situation, maybe there's things going on behind closed doors that we don't know. So they're not going to give them the trade, supposedly. But anyway, going back to the question of the transfer portal exposing bad coaches and coaching staffs, I don't totally agree with you. I don't disagree with you because I think there's going to be some times where, you know, other coaches will be better, right? Like, obviously, Josh Heipel. A little better than Justin Fuentes, right? Like Nick Saban, better than, who was it? Jeff Collins, I think, at Georgia Tech. I
0: don't know. Like, <laughs> every, coach, every coach to me is Gary Johnson until they find a real one.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, of course there's going to be situations like that. But to do the blanket, like, oh, it's exposing bad coaching and coaching staffs, I would say not completely. I think it shows a couple things. Some guys just get in a situation that's not right for them. Maybe Adrian Martinez – JT at Nebraska wasn't the right situation. Unrealistic expectations going up against the history that they expected you to win And that program wasn't ready to win at that time. It still isn't ready to win. So they wanted him to be a savior when it was like, yeah, that program's not ready to be saved by any quarterback at this moment. And then but, also you've got But, but look you know at,
0: what? like in the Adrian Martinez situation like you named all those things but why did you dance around Scott Frost? Like it, he it wasn't just that he didn't make it work with yeah. him like he didn't make it work at all with
1: any of the players. Right, so again, that situation is different. Like Scott Frost did not have success. But let me let me ask you this. Did he not go undefeated at UCF? Are that's, you going to say That's looking you, like a fluke though. So you're going to say that was a fluke even though Okay, of him okay, co- let me, let me part of change college, my answer. Hold on, let me finish the let me finish the thought with that. Part of college coaching is building the program. Did he not leave that program in great shape for Hypol to come in to eventually become Tennessee's coach? To be honest, you gotta give Scott in, Frost in retrospect.
0: Credit. In retrospect, because I, I I went to UCF, so I, I I was there obviously way before Scott Frost got there. UCF has always been a, a a a gold mine. Like they've they've had they've had really good seasons before Scott Frost. I just think. Like I think he was a good coach there, but sometimes like UCF is a different level of a job than Nebraska. I think he should have stayed at UCF. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying he wouldn't have declined, but I think UCF a little bit more under the radar. You're not in front of the media as much. It maybe a better fit for him. Nebraska, like you remember, he got there. He was horrible. He was horrible with the with he was horrible with the press. It was very awkward. Like it was it, it it was clear. He was not comfortable in in the newfound, you know, that's the word I'm looking for. Like newfound, like like uh like he was gonna have to be in front of the camera way more, like exposure, like the newfound exposure. Like he was not very comfortable with that. And I feel like that kind of got him off on the wrong foot. Like everybody's not built for a job. Like, there's no way a job could be for Scott Frost, and then they're calling for Urban Meyer. Like, like, <laughs> like that's not the same level of person. So Maybe he will do better at a smaller school where there's not as much pressure on him. But UCF is a well-oiled machine. Like, look how many coaches have gone there, and they really don't drop
1: off. I is one of them. Oh, I, I don't know if they're at the same level right now that they were under Scott Frost. But, again, the situation changes at times. So maybe that wasn't the right spot for Adrian Martinez or Scott Frost. So – you know, Justin Fuentes, yeah, he's not Josh Hype there's no doubt. But at the same time, I would ask you this, in that sometimes guys are hyped up and they feel like maybe they don't have to work. I'm not saying that's the case in Hendon Hooker's position, but see, sometimes guys need, hold on, it goes both ways. Oh, you want to blame no. the coaching? I'm not defending. Don, don, don don, don, don. I'm not don. defending. I, 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 I get, I
0: get where you're coming from. I I, get where you're, but but no, it makes no, no sense. You're like, no, you're like, not. No, like you so you're you keep, not. you keep, you keep dancing around. You keep dancing around the obvious. What's the all obvious? Right, all right, all right, right. It must lot. not
1: we've, be that obvious we've, because we've been talking about this ten minutes, and I don't know
0: what the obvious is. Was was Fuentes a bad coach, or was was Hendon Hooker a bad quarterback? Could it have been both at the time?
1: I'm just saying, like,
0: like I based know. on, you, you've seen the whole movie play out. Which one was, which oh, one was it? Bad quarterback or bad coach? I can say it was Just both. answer it. Which one? Bad, bad, bad quarterback or bad coach? Maybe both. Scott Frost, bad coach or Martinez, bad quarterback? Maybe
1: both. Whoever the hell the Georgia Tech coach was, bad coach or Jameer Gibbs, bad running back? Well, I would say in that situation, I'd have to go back and look at Gibbs' stats. I'm gonna guess that Jameer well, Gibbs was look, fine. I'm, I'm, not, I'm gonna I'm not, say I'm, I'm gonna not gonna dancing around Jamier with you This fine. the
0: fact that those three guys went to new schools, new systems, and they're balling out, and all their previous coaches from their old programs are fired. It's an easy answer. So anything else you're saying, you're so just dancing me, around it, and okay, that's the so problem. Let
1: me, let me give you this. Charleston Rambo a lot more success at Miami than Oklahoma does that mean Lincoln Riley's a bad coach
0: no that means he couldn't get on the field that's not I mean, what we're talking about here well, so him, Rambo got because he wasn't playing we're talking about but starters Rambo Rambo played he wasn't playing at Oklahoma that's why he transferred
1: he didn't play one snap he didn't I'm get not a saying he played one snap he, was,
0: he, he, he wasn't at the top of the
1: depth chart Hooker was a starter Jameer Gibbs was a starter Martinez started for like oh, five years. On. Oh, you know what? Let me, let's me let go back to Jalen Hurts. Got replaced by Tua. No one like Jalen Hurts goes to Oklahoma Done. and is now Done. in the NFL. What
0: you're talking about is not the same. You're talking about guys that are leaving because the talent level around them is too good. I'm talking about guys that are bad as starters. And when they leave the coaches, they play well. I'm not – Charleston Rambo wasn't wide receiver one. It was like, you know what? I got to get the hell out of here and go to Miami. It's not the same thing. Look, just admit it. The coaches suck, and the transfer portal is exposing it.
1: JT, I'm not denying that some coaches are not as good as others. But you're acting as if every guy that answer, enters the transfer portal exposes bad coaching. That's false, too is that not false you're telling now you me every suspicious. guy that enters the transfer portal I didn't say that being coached by a terrible I didn't terrible say that coach. I didn't say that you're making I'm it sound like that these well three okay okay guys, I, I'm i I'm, 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 I'm gonna say this
0: I'm gonna say this I'm gonna may say this be to remove like who's been you, may be the correct on,
1: you may be correct on these three guys I'm not arguing that I'm not arguing that cuz obviously three all three of those guys were fired. so okay, they obviously so I, weren't look I can throw another name out there James Daniels
0: Jane Daniels arizona state did not perform well now he's at lsu he's quietly one of the best performing quarterbacks in the country like and that team don't even want to play for brian kelly look i i get it you want to defend the coaches some shitty coaches out there these players are putting them on blast can we go to quick hitters because we spent way too well, much time on this
1: but don't get it don't get it don't be fooled though you're acting as if every transfer That's, i'm, I'm, I'm saying coached.
0: i'm saying i'm not saying every player
1: okay that, then I would agree with you. Yes, there's going to be bad coaching. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. There's going to be those three guys expose those coaches. There's no doubt there. Jesus, man,
0: uh, I did not, I did not think that you were, you would, you would be this dense when it came to this. Jesus, uh, quick hitters are trying to make these quick because you, you, pissed me off. Why do you?
1: Why do you ask JT type questions when you don't want the Don type answers? I, uh, I don't understand.
0: Well, well, if you help me with questions, that wouldn't be that way.
1: All right, quick hitters, I them quick. Oh, you! Were, I'll come up with questions. Uh, oh,
0: yeah, I know. I'll it'll it'll just be a bunch of trivia questions. There we go. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, a bunch of
1: quick hitters and trivia questions. Exactly. Get me off this show. It'll be a you, beer don't, show. you don't pay me by the question.
0: So, uh, NFL refs roughing the passer, other defensive penalties, are they out of control? Yes or no. Out of control? No.
1: I I don't think so. We go through this every year. One year it's pass interference. One year it's the tuck rule. One year it's replay taking too long. One year it's the catch rule. JT, th- this will pass too. It's not out of control. There's been some bad calls in our opinions, but it's not out of control. No.
0: I never know what's out of control with the refs. I, this is normal to me, so I'm just gonna say it's not <laughs> out of control. It's just par for the course. All right, more to blame: Justin Fields' lack of success or the Bears organization
1: man i so bad wanted to blame your guy justin fields but it's the bears organization i mean it was bad before justin fields got there it was bad before mitch trubisky got there too like it's it's the bears organization in the offense. defense is fine you know defense is chicago is known for defense the bears are known for defense for some reason man they just can't get a franchise quarterback in there and i i gotta blame the lack of lack of success on the Bears organization
0: yeah I gotta blame the organization they do this all the time it's like yeah. they they a new new regime comes in there's a quarterback there that's talented that they didn't draft so they automatically don't want him and then they ruin him just to go draft another bad quarterback that's not good like I know they didn't draft Justin Fields but like they clearly don't want him it's like they don't do anything to fit his skill set like anybody with a pair of eyes can see what his skill set is and it's like instead of And the the worst part about it is the team's not even talented. Like, there's no other guy that I'm like, all right, I'm not going to base my offense around Darnell Moody and, like, David Montgomery. It's like, Justin Fields is the guy. Like, it's the Russell Wilson thing. Put some boots in there. Get him on the run. Some design runs. Like, do the shit that he does well. I do not get it. And that's a clear clear sign they don't want him. And they rather fit him into his scheme, make him look bad so they can move on from him rather than work with what they got. So... That's a top, that's a top 10 draft pick, and you're just
1: throwing it away. Bears hey, I, or, I thought I thought you said this was quick hitters. I, I knew you couldn't wait for Bear, the bears about well, Shut bears and up and Justin let me move on. Jesus. You took forever. Don't Raven, blame it on me. Ravens slide. More to blame. Lamar Jackson or the defense? It's both. I mean, they've both kind of costed their teams late in games this year. I mean, Lamar not taking care of the ball against the Giants, Ravens defense against the Dolphins earlier in the year. Like it, it's a little bit of both. It's got to be you're 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 the quarterback. You got to take care of the ball. You're the defense. You got to hold on to a big lead at the end of the game against the Dolphins. So a little bit of both.
0: I agree, but I think I'm going to give the nod to the defense. Of I mean, course.
1: of course you will, because Lamar's your guy. You can't blame him. It's, it's
0: not even that. Like he, he goes he's against he's, your narrative. He's turned the ball over. I'm I'm agreeing with you on that. But two things. Well, One, I think undeniable. they're they're missing. They're missing Wink Martindale, my guy. Like shocker of the team that he's on is actually doing pretty well and then lamar has given them leads big leads in three games and the defense is just blown like the shit they did against the dolphins is unforgivable like ridiculous and i mean he can only do so much like he's so good he's putting up numbers and then the defense is just blowing the lead so i'm gonna give the edge to the defense being the problem more than he is uh good question more legit giants or the jets
1: i think it's the giants Saquon Barkley looks good. Dabo looks like the real deal coming from Buffalo. Um, you said it right, isn't Wing Martindale the defensive coordinator at the Giants? Mm-hmm. Hey, that he's starting to become the Dick LeBeau, Wade Phillips. Nah, he's coach. Rex Ryan, like, bro. Like wherever he goes, they win. Right, wherever he goes, those defenses turn it around. So, and I feel like the Jets have been a little lucky, right? They came back against the Browns. The Steelers didn't have picket in the whole game. So I, I feel like the Jets are playing good, too. Don't get me wrong. Mad. you know, actually some respect to them. But I've got to go Giants as the more legit team.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's the Giants because I just think they have – I think I believe in their, their stars and their players more. Like, Saquon, obviously, like, he could be – he's comeback player of the year, but definitely could be an MVP candidate. Like, he's the best running back in the league. Mm-hmm. And – people want to talk crap about Daniel Jones He's actually playing pretty solid this year, especially considering they have no wide receivers. Like Kenny doll, Kenny Gallagher is out there riding the bench, getting paid 70 million, like Kadarius Tony can't get on the field. Like who are they throwing to like nobody? So Daniel Jones is actually playing pretty well. And like, we talked Wink Martindale on that defense. Like they're legit often the thing that people aren't talking about the Giants that I, this is why I think they're more legit. Their offensive line is probably one of the best in the league. Like, those draft picks are finally paying off. So yeah. anytime you got a good offensive line, you got a chance. And Dayball, just to, you know, ice it on the cake, I think he's the real deal. Like, there's a reason the Giants were like, hey, like, we're going to break, you know, protocols to get this guy. Like, he's our guy from the beginning because mm-hmm. this is what you think can happen. So uh, to, uh, hats off to the Giants. They are the real deal team in New York. Now, real quick. Giants make the playoffs or Bills win the Super Bowl?
1: What are you saying? I mean, both could happen. More, more likely. More likely. Giants make the playoffs just because to win a Super Bowl is so difficult. Yeah, it's one you, yeah, one, team, one I mean, team. There's
0: no chance because the Colts will win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you're right. All right, what's
1: next? Are they out of it yet? Are the Colts I didn't out? I am not they were. I'm saying they, they no they no no. Winning. That was that was a little shot. Okay. Hey, i remember. Hey, man. That you shot. Say, hey man, I, I, I remember no these you shots. Feel like you
0: got shot? You scared?
1: Don't you. don't you worry. Don't you worry. I'll remember these. Don't you worry. You won't play all cool and slick now. Okay, okay. I'll put you on blast. I'm going group chats, put you on blast for all your fans. You anyway, whether I would have said nothing or not. That's right. That's right. Because this is what you get for trying to be slick. All right, so our favorite segment every week, weekend predictions. We got quite the college football slate, and then we've got some eh, so-so NFL games, but JT makes me put those on anyway. So let's go college first. Syracuse, let me write these down. I think I've closed the gap the last couple of weeks. Syracuse at Clemson. That's
0: probably going to close the gap even further. I'm going with Syracuse. I just like them, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not totally sold on Clemson, but I, I I feel like upset is coming.
1: Man, I really wanted to pick Syracuse, too. But now that you said that, I got to close the gap. I'm going Clemson.
0: Yeah, am going guys, Clemson. This guys, guy's playing to win.
1: Yo, I'm playing. Hey, you play to win the game. And yeah, He lost. All right. <laughs> hey, he probably won. Herman's still getting paid. UCLA at Oregon. UCLA. I'm all in on this Chip Kelly comeback. Me, too. Me wait, too. you're not
0: picking the Oregon? Oh wait! Oh, no. I gotta tell the guys about this. Wait till I text. Wait till I text them about this.
1: All right, I don't. I don't know what that means because I'm thinking UCLA wins. Texas at OK State.
0: I picked against Oklahoma State too many times, been burned, so I'm going with them. Oh man!
1: You know what? I'm changing my pick. I'm going Texas.
0: Shout out! Texas. Shout out to Garrett. He would appreciate that pick because that that means you're betting on Quinn.
1: <laughs> that's right that's right hope i hope uh hope garrett is doing well mississippi state at alabama alabama no way they lose twice
0: yeah i agree he thought about it he's like no nah, i ain't
1: that crazy <laughs> i agree um kansas state at tcu a sneaky good game here Sneaky good game
0: tcu my guy is on that team so i'm gonna go with them I'm going to go with them as well.
1: I like Kansas State. Isn't that where Adrian Martinez is now? Yeah. Speak of the devil. I, I like what Kansas State is doing, but I'm in Deuce,
0: T- Deuce Vaughn looking nice. But I mean, yeah. I, I got to go with TCU. Like, I, they, they just they they have it right
1: now. They, yeah. Every time I watch their games, I'm like, damn, like yep. i about a playoff team. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. So I'm going to go TCU as well. Colts at Titans. Titans.
0: Come on, man. You know, there's no way I'm
1: picking the Colts. You know I'm picking the Colts. I can make up three games right now so far. Falcons at Bengals.
0: Funny thing is, I freaking hate the Falcons this year, just, just like, how they're doing things. They're going to win this game. Watch. <laughs> they're going to win this game doing this bullshit, running the ball with 80 running backs. <laughs> and they're going to run the Bengals right out of this, this game. Watch.
1: You know, I was thinking Falcons, but then I think about the weather being outdoors. Perfect for go. the run game. I'm going to go. That is true. You're right. But I'm going to go Bengals. I'll go Bengals. Chiefs at 49ers. Oh, Chiefs. 49ers defense is still too banged up. I've got the Chiefs as well. And then another sneaky game, but this is the NFL. Seahawks at Chargers. This is not sneaky
0: at all. The Seahawks will win this game, and it shouldn't be like whatever the line is on this. If it's if it's favor the Chargers, go bet this because this is a trap. Like, don't, don't bet this is a trap. Like,
1: Seahawks are gonna win this game. The Chargers are not a good team. I'm going Chargers here, and they're coming off a big Monday night win. They're back at home, oh, which no, is essentially a, a road winner. game. There's gonna be more Seahawks fans there than Charger fans. I'm going Chargers. I can make up five games this weekend. This is incredible. I'm excited. I can, I can make up five games, JT. You better hope.
0: You also could be in the whole five games. In
1: <laughs> if other. that happens, I might have to start making some trades. Well, you can't, I have to start you can't making, trade previous Can I selections? trade wins? Can I trade some wins? No, can we, start, no. we should start doing it based on a point here. system. We should we start do doing it based here. on a point system, the confidence level. You know, like if we have seven games, all right, you gotta put seven points on this one, six on this one, five on that one. What if we start doing that? If I lose all five, we'll uh, holler at
0: me, holler me after we'll, we'll see what happens. Holler okay. me after this. But week, if I if, win if, you, if five. you go if you go down the five-game hole, I might not choose to be so nice. You might you might have to throw us some other incentives. Wow. Anyway, man. No church in the wild, mean, man. You know what it is. Jeez. Remind me not to oh, hang out with you. Um News that just broke. Let's talk about this. Christian McCaffrey ch- being traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh. Man. Glad you didn't hit the the stop button. Let's talk about this. Uh, good deal, good deal for the 49ers. What are you expecting at a CMC in San Francisco?
1: Well, I mean, give give the details. Come on, uh,
0: I don't think they've Shefty. broken – Actually, let me see. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on, i Hold on, Shefty. I, yeah, you know. Uh, it just broke. They are not breaking any details. Um, It says they were – Uh, It's going to cost them multiple second-day picks, so
1: no firsts. You know, I think that for them, if it's multiple second-day picks, now, you know, if we're talking – next three years of second round picks or you know the next two years of second and third round picks that might be a little pricey but if we're talking like a second and a fourth next year i think it's worth it for them because they've got to try to spark that offense jeff wilson obviously hasn't been able to do it elijah mitchell's shown injury history and They've got Jimmy G. They're still trying to win. They have a solid defense. They feel like they can win with Jimmy G. That's why they didn't trade him for what they were being offered. And now that he's starting, Kyle Shanahan's always trying to win, and you always have to in the NFL because you never know with job security. So I think that it's a good move by the 49ers. If McCaffrey can stay healthy with him and Debo JT – that's dynamic if you only have to give up a second and a fourth or a second a fourth and a fifth it actually may be worth it so depending on the details quite the move by the 49ers
0: I think on paper it sounds like a good move but I'm just like I just don't see the fit because part of what makes Christian McCaffrey so great is one the usage for the entire offense is based around him like mainly the receiving game and it's like that's what Debo Samuel does like he's their running back slash check down passing game back and I'm like they already got one of those so like where does Christian McCaffrey fit in like look at the 49ers running backs like when have they ever been like pass catchers like they're all exactly just I'm but saying but might, no but, they're, but all might just be run- it, JT. they're all they're all just runners I I think it I you're right but I think it's more by design like they want the running backs to just run the ball, which is why they always get hurt. McCaffrey and they want, can, and they want Debo to the be ball. the McCaffrey part of it.
1: But see, I think that's what they're looking at saying, how do we keep McCaff, McCaffrey healthy and help us? We don't run him as much. They'll still run him. It's not like he's not going to run between the tackles. But now we've got Debo. So that's going to save Debo as well. We just gave him a big contract. And Elijah Mitchell. I do think they really like Elijah Mitchell. They just got to keep him healthy. Christian McCaffrey. Oh. Well,
0: but it, uh, here's, here's, Mitchell, here's the thing. I think it'll be, Mitchell I think one or two play, things will happen.
1: Mitchell can play as well and take some of those carries when you know McCaffrey's not going to carry it 30 times and they can still use them out of the backfield to receive. Listen, who are they going to cover? They can't focus on McCaffrey and Debo at the same time, JT. Right, Debo's going to have more opportunity to have an open field. So,
0: I feel like this. It's this going to be one or two things. Either this is going to be the greatest running back fit of all time we have ever seen for for this next whatever stretch of the games are left, or it's going to be an oddball fit. I, I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but. Just based on how they've used their running backs in San Fran, I just don't see, like, how you get the full value out of McCaffrey. And, you know, like, his health. Like, I mean, he's going to the right place. Like, running backs can't stay healthy in San Fran. So, I mean, he's in the right room. So, uh, I guess they got him cheap, but they still got his contract. So, uh, very interesting. Very interesting. We'll see more details. Obviously, are going to come out. But initial reaction, I think it's a weird fit. But, I mean, it could it could be great. But... I I really Kyle Shanahan got to show me that he's willing to use him in the way that we know Christian McCaffrey to be successful for me to be fully bought into the situation. All
1: right. All right. So anything else? Any other breaking news?
0: (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Other breaking news before we leave. Uh, James Harden. We're on James Harden Watch tonight. He was 31, 8 and 9 with the uh, two steals and a block, shot 54% from the field and perfect from the strike. Uh no turnovers, I think. Why are we on a James Harden watch? I don't know, man. He could, he could be, he could be the MVP. You know, we could have been wrong. Could be James Harden. Never know.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's that's enough of you. I'm putting an end to the show. I don't need a James Harden watch. Cause I skipped them in fantasy basketball at the number six overall pick. So you're bringing that up on purpose. That's three things tonight that you've done to take shots at me. I'll remember that. Don't you worry.
0: Oh, Don't you're gonna you hit. You're gonna hate what happens after this show. We'll talk about this off air. Oh, I I'm just
1: gonna end the Zoom meeting and then that's it. Podcast done. We're closing it up now and then we're done talking. For Finish it.
0: Finish it, please, right. please. I've been talking to you too long.
1: All right. Well, JT, great show by me, not so much by you because all the little jabs you took. So great show by me. I carried the show tonight, today, whenever you listen to the podcast. And thank you for listening. As always, we couldn't do it, nor would we want to do it without the fans. And remember to please subscribe to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcast and remember if you like what we do leave us a five-star review and jt if you don't like what we do leave us a five-star review and remember you can follow us on social media our handle jt and the don we can be found on instagram twitter facebook and tiktok so jt fun as always and until the next episode see you peace